Welcome to The Reality Check, where we dive into counseling truths, remedies, and hot topics. We are your hosts, Vaughn Crichton and Kristen Abrahams, and we look forward to walking with you as we navigate some of life's deeper reflections. Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode one of The Reality Check. We are so excited to be talking with you today. My name is Kristen and I'm here with Fawn and we are counselors at Wood Forest Counseling. And one of the things that we thought would be pretty exciting to talk about today would be surviving the holidays. It is uh, mid-December and uh, we are getting ready to go into a season of being with family and in-laws and, or as my family likes to call, outlaws. And uh, in all of that, we have some tools and tips to help you survive this most pivotal time of the year. You know, Kristen, the first thing I think of when we talk about this topic is I think about the movie um, Four Christmases. (laughs) Yeah. Where, you know, everybody has to go to, if if you haven't seen that movie, I I recommend um, you making it part of your holiday tradition. Right after Die Hard. Yes. Um, And... So, you know, when we think about having to visit several different families, but, you know, um, as a divorce survivor myself, um, I realized that I put my kids through, they don't only have to go to my parents and his parents, but then they have to do extra Christmases. Mm -hmm. And so just navigating all of that and preparing for what that looks like is, can be hard. And so we're going to give you today... Um, is it five tips? Five tips. We got this. Get through the in-laws slash outlaws slash family gatherings. That's right. So to start with, number one, we really encourage you guys to set a start and a stop time. So whether that is going to visit somebody, um, you know, across across Texas, across the nation, or just driving a few miles down to grandma's house, it's super important for you to set a start and stop time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to self-disclose here, and it may get me in trouble, <laughs> but we used to uh, give a set number of days, like let's say, for instance, we had five days to spend we would give my mother the number of three days. And then if we got to stay five, it was just a bonus and it was extra, but it gave us the option at the three-day mark. If things were painful or not going as expected or your kids are acting, you know, like it's their first time out of the house, then you have that option to leave. You can always add, you can't take away. I love that. Yeah, we our family lives close by, so our for us we just travel down the road to go see uh, the grandparents. And what we like to do um, is we do we set a start a, a start time. Um, we'll we'll arrive at eleven o'clock, but we need to leave by about five thirty six o'clock, uh, just so the kids have a good bedtime, just so that we are able to uh, not get stuck in the traffic of the holidays and. Again, we give ourselves a little bit of wiggle room around those those times, but when everybody knows when we need to leave, then you know everybody takes takes the time to make sure. Okay, let's make sure we've got dinner done, we've got the dishes done, we've opened up the gifts, and now we can leave. But if we want to sit around for one more cup of hot co- hot coffee or hot chocolate, we can do so. 
Well, I think it's important. You have to let your mother or in-laws know that time frame. Absolutely. Ahead of time. Don't yeah. wait until it's time to leave to give your your time frame. No, I think that is probably the most important part to this step one is letting them know ahead of time. So before you even get in the car, hey, mom, hey, dad, we're going to arrive around 11 a.m., but our biggest plan is to leave hopefully by 6.30, no later than that. And that way, when that's been communicated, everybody knows where everybody is and when everybody's leaving. So, okay, so that was number one. Number two, and probably my favorite, is to set expectations. Um, this is this is one of those that can go to a million different places. But uh, for us, we like to be able to talk about things ahead of time and ask like, hey, what what is needed to make you feel most comfortable at my mom's house? What is needed to make you feel most comfortable at my parents' house or my sister's house? And um, so some of the examples of what those expectations can look like can be like, hey, um, when we eat dinner, I really want you to sit by me. Um, that way, if I feel uncomfortable about something, I know I've got you right next to me. I can tap your, uh, tap your thigh and just let you know, hey, um, this is this is uncomfortable or can we change the topic? Um, another one would be, um, you know, the guys like to go outside for most of the day and watch football out on the back patio while the girls are cooking and getting dinner together. But I'd really appreciate it if you could just check on me every 30 minutes. That way, I know you're thinking about me. Um, I know that if there's something going on that is is difficult or awkward, you can kind of read the room and, and come to my rescue uh, on occasion. And Fawn, I know you had a really good um, example of setting a great expectation for the holidays. Well, I, I have a couple. I actually thought of a, as you were talking, I thought of another one, and that is sleeping arrangements. Oh, yeah. And bathroom use. You know, um, and again, I'm probably in trouble with this <laughs> statement, but, you know, my mother used to think it was perfectly fine to pile us all upstairs and use, you know, one bathroom. And, you know, my husband did not want to share a bathroom with my sister-in-law, my brother's mm-hmm. wife. It was, it's uncomfortable sometimes. And and kids, you know, teenage kids sharing bathrooms with, you know, people they don't know. And, you know, just setting the expectation of where is everybody sleeping? Not waiting until you get there to yes. know we might need a hotel or we need a blow up mattress. You know, there's nothing that can, you know, set the holidays up for disaster failure to <laughs> to get there and the the sleeping arrangements or where everybody's going to be is, mm. is not adequate mm-hmm. um but the next one was getting onto your kids if you are at the in-laws house um it is your spouse's job to redirect your children in other words if the kids need to be disciplined um, let your spouse do that in front of his parents. It's not that you can't get on to the kids, but yeah. if everybody needs to have a complete come apart, your spouse should be doing that in front of his family. Mm-hmm. That is not, uh, that doesn't need to be on you in front of his family. Yeah, I and couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, okay. thanks for sharing that. I love that too. Um, the bathroom issue is a big one, right? And making sure everybody has the privacy that they need and everybody's comfortable in that. That makes me think of National Lampoon's Christmas vacation <laughs> yes. and all of the fun that they all got to have um, having a house full of all of the relatives. So, all right, number three, um, it's important to discuss safe 
topics. Like this is one that we all know, but it's a good reminder to think about what is safe to talk about in your family. Um, For many families, religion and politics are not safe. And so obviously those are the ones that most people think about. But there are a lot of other topics that might not be safe as well. Talking about uh, siblings, talking about um, education or choices that other siblings or grandchildren have made might not be safe. So think about what is safe for your family. It may just only be the weather. It may just only be sports. But it's super important for you guys to figure out ahead of time what is safe to discuss. Yeah, I mean, don't wait until that day and after it's already, you know, happened to say, oh, yeah, don't forget to not say anything in front of my mother about this Mm -hmm. or my father about this. And I realize you can't cover every topic, but if there are some hot buttons, make sure that you, you know, address that, bring it up. And that kind of leads us into the next. Yes. Number four, have a safe word, have a safe phrase, or have a safe mannerism. So if the conversation gets a little bit derailed uh, in your family, um, there are some things that you can do to kind of redirect uh, and and put the, put the convo back on rails. And again, we go back to our favorite movie, Four Christmases, where their safe word was mistletoe. Now, it <laughs> didn't necessarily work out very well for them in the movie, but there are a couple of other things that you guys can do uh, to make this work. And Fawn, I'm going to once again throw you under the bus. What was your, what was your safe mannerism that you used for your family? So I always, um, I have to have glasses to read, so I always put my glasses on my shirt when I'm not reading. But if they are on my head, if my glasses go from my eyes to my head, that is code for I need saving, I need you to speak up, I need you to be my rock. And so um, it's just a way to, you know, first of all, it's, they're on top of my hair, head, so you can't miss them. <laughs> um, but it's not normally where I put my glasses. So it's a sign to let my significant other know, hey, um, I need you to step in. And, and what that means is, you know, I need you to take up for me also. Yes. If the if the topic goes bad and you feel like your spouse is, you know, not not being respected, then then speak up. It they shouldn't have to redirect your family. That's yeah. your job. Yeah. And this is a good one actually to use with the kids as well. Um, when you have a house full of, of family members, some of them can be strangers. You know, some kids can have different ways of, of doing things that make, you know, your kids uncomfortable. So come up with a family safe word or a family phrase. And that way, not only do you feel protected, but your kids do too. Uh, and finally, we have our last one, which is number five. Be sure to download with each other after it's all said and done. So after three days of being with your family or three hours of being with your family, um, as you leave, it's super important for you guys to give each other feedback. Positive feedback is most important, but also if there were things that got left or missed, it's super important to be able to discuss those things. Uh, A time to vent, a time to care for one another, a time to encourage one another, a time to ask for more help. Um, But also it's really important to have a lot of grace in the process. Yeah, I I think grace is important, 
but also making sure that everybody is on the same page of your spouse is who is number one yes. in that situation. And that's who you support. If you do not feel as if your spouse is correct of, on something, it's not the time to redirect that in front of the family. Mm-hmm. Your family needs to feel like she is your number one or he is your number one and that you are in support of them. They don't need to see any weakness in that that rock. In that family unit, for right. sure. Yeah, Exactly. And so even if you disagree with the, your significant other, everyone else doesn't need to know about that. That's something that you can discuss um, in the car away from children. Absolutely. So uh, just to summarize our five steps to surviving the holidays with your in-laws and your outlaws. Number one, set a start and stop time. Number two, set expectations. Number three, discuss safe topics. Number four, have a safe word, phrase, or mannerism. And number five, be sure to be on the same team, download, and have grace. All right, we wish you guys all a very Merry Christmas, and we look forward to, to meet being with you again. Merry Christmas.